We're going to continue on the centrality of Jesus this morning. Before we do, if you're new around here, welcome to Grace Church. My name is Steve Eden. I'm the senior pastor here. Why we exist to advance God's kingdom one heart at a time, which means we desire the lordship of Jesus by the Holy Spirit in people's lives, who we are, how we behave. We are those who live intimately connected to Christ through a new covenant economy, getting our identity from Him, which empowers us to put God on display and disciple others. You probably heard me read, that was Hebrews chapter 8, verse 8 through 13, the five terms of the new covenant are uh, right there in Hebrews 8, 8 through 13. It's one of our aligning values. Uh, You'll notice in the Old Covenant, a lot of uh, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. So it's a bilateral contract based upon us. But the beginning of Hebrews 8, he says that he uh, moved on from that one, finding fault with them. There's nothing wrong with the law. There's nothing wrong with Ten Commandments. God breathed. The problem is we couldn't keep it. The law was actually given to reveal our need for Jesus Christ, that we could not be like God without God, something that Adam and Eve had uncovered in the garden uh, in the fall uh, when they fell. Um, They declared independence from God, and you cannot be like God without God. But you'll notice in the New Covenant, it's five times, I will. I'll be your God. You'll be my children. I'll write my law in your heart. Um... You know, I'll remember your sin and lawless deeds no more. So it's a a gift in the new covenant in Jesus Christ, in him to be received. So we are blessed by a better covenant with better promises. Father, thank you for the word of God. I ask, Lord, that you would quicken our spirit man today. Lord, that we would be alive with the very life of Christ. It is so needed in this hour. May everything that we build upon be built upon you. Jesus Christ, the foundation that should be laid, that's already been laid. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, we're talking about the centrality of Jesus and talked about a couple of things last year, knowing his person, knowing his works. Now we're talking about knowing his teaching and obeying him. If you're fairly new around here, it is our desire that you hear the voice of the Lord, uh, that you know his voice, that he's leading you and guiding you. But not only that, that you can do what he says, that you're able to apply truth, that you're able to live the reality of truth and the reality of who you are by the Spirit. So let's go back to John 4. Verse 20 through 24, uh, our fathers worshiped on this mountain. This is the woman at the well. And you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place we ought to worship. But Jesus said, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you'll neither worship on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. So he's saying there it's not the new covenant. After I die on the cross, which initiates a new covenant, then I'm going to uh, provide my spirit to you and it's not going to be about a physical location worship will be wherever you are because i'll be with you Amen. you worship oh verse 23 but the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers will worship the father here it is in spirit and truth so this is what he tells Pilate in john 18 that the reason he was made manifest he is a king but he was made manifest to bear witness to the truth Jesus is saying, I'm here to give evidence of a realm of spirit, a realm of truth that is a reality. Even though you can't see it, you'll be able to see the effects of it in the human heart. So we're going to worship the Father in spirit and truth. The Father seeks such to worship Him. 
Praise God. Verse 24, God is himself spirit. And those who worship him must do so in spirit and in truth. So we've been talking about how do we do this? How do we live the real reality? How do we, you know, the New Testament's full of walking by the spirit. Walk in truth. Third John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Who wants to live a lie? I want to live the real reality. I want to know what's true about me, what's true about God, and I want to live in that reality, that dimension. Not what the world's piping to me, but what the Spirit of God is piping to me, what truth is piping to me. So here's what we've covered so far. A renewed mind. You have the mind of Christ, so put it on every day. Align your mind with the mind of Christ. Walk by faith and not by what you see and feel. Amen. Because the Spirit is unseen. Jesus said in John 14, He said, The world can't receive the Spirit when I send them to you because they can't see Him. But you see Him. You know Him. He's in me now and He'll be inside of you. Guiding you into all what? truth. Number three, redeem spiritual disciplines from a new covenant perspective. So we talked about meditation, you know, things like prayer, fasting, worship, all those things. They don't make us more holy than anybody else. You can't get more holy than uh, the holiness of Jesus Christ. You either have his holiness or you have none. You either have his righteousness or you don't have any. So spiritual disciplines. And if we, you know, if we fast, we pray, we meditate, doesn't make us better than anybody, it actually acclimates us to the real reality, the parent reality, spirit and truth. Remember, I call it the parent reality because we came from the dimension of the spirit. God is spirit. And so when he made us in the Garden of Eden, Adam did not stand up until God breathed on him. Interesting that John, that's in Genesis uh, I believe chapter 2, and then John 20, verse 22, after the resurrection, Jesus goes to his disciples and breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. We were made for life in the Spirit. Can I get a witness on that? Fish abide in water because fish came from the water and water is life to the fish. Plants abide in soil because plants came from the soil and soil is life to plants. Human beings must abide in the Spirit of God because we came from the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God is life to human beings. The world has no life for you. You're to derive from the Spirit, the unseen realm of the Spirit. But the beautiful part of it is as you're deriving from uh, the realm of the Spirit, we'll be able to see evidence, fruit of this life that's inside of you. Amen. We're going to get to it. I might, you know, I might have a runaway today just myself, but <laughs> that's all right, Gladys. All right, thank you. Just be free, be me. So that's number four. That's number four, abiding. You want to you wanna live in the reality of spirit and truth, then live the reality of your connection with Christ. You're already connected. Jesus did that for you. If you're born again, you've got a spirit-to-spirit connection. You're one with Him. He reconciled you. Reconciled. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. Reconciled. It means to... We get it from the word consolidate, where all your debts are pulled into one. So He made you one with Himself. You've already got the connection. Live in the reality of it. Don't live in false realities and false narratives and lies and deceptions. So anyway, abiding. And that's a, a term that we use a lot in discipling around here because this is how we define a disciple at Grace Church. We abide in Christ. We live 
uh, we live in connection to Christ. Everybody say, live connected. So we live in the, the reality of our connection with Christ. How many of you know you can be born again, one with Christ, connected to Him, and forget all about Him and live the day on your own? That's not who we are. Who we are are those who live connected to Christ through a new covenant relationship. Amen. In other words, we're not mortified that if we do anything wrong, He's going to kill us. He's already punished His Son, punished Himself in His Son for the remission of all of our sins. Your sin and lawless deeds I'll remember no more. Why? Because the price has been paid. Romans chapter 6 verse 7, whoever has died is free from sin. And so when he died, you died. He didn't just die for you. He died as you, right? Because when, when he was lifted up on the cross, he put you in himself and crucified you in himself, the old you, so that you could be made new with connection with the Father. So we are those who live connected to Christ through a new covenant lens. That's abiding. And then as we're abiding with him, walking with him, we... um we walk in His ways. What does that mean? We start looking like Him. There will be evidence of our connection because can I get a witness? When a woman's pregnant and life is growing in her, there's going to be evidence of that life inside. You've got life on the inside of you. His name is Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you scripture after scripture after scripture today that you're not who you think you are. You are not dead. You are alive with the divine nature of God on the inside of you. And there's going to be evidence of that life if you'll just dance with it. Oh my goodness, He'll quicken your mortal body. He'll animate you. The life of Christ will animate you. Jesus is not dead letter. He's not some book. Jesus is alive and well by the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. So we're going to walk in His ways. And as we're abiding and then we begin to look like Him, then what? We do His works. We partner with Him. Now we don't do anything apart from Him. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we're going to partner with Him. And what? Preaching the gospel. Loving people well, discipling others, putting Him on display. The world needs to see that God is alive. They need to see the life of God in and through us. More than they need to just hear truth from us, they need to see the evidence of truth and life and spirit inside us. That the truth is not just coming out of my mouth. They can see the evidence of truth inside of Steve. They can see the evidence of life, a new spirit on the inside of Steve. John chapter 3, he told Nicodemus, right? The wind blows where it wishes. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know where it's going. So it is with those born of the spirit. He's likening the spirit to wind because you can't see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. So people should be able to see us, look at us, not just hear the truth from us, but see the effect of truth in us. They should see the effect of the life of Christ on the inside of us. Oh, I told you I was going to get excited today. I'm so excited about this. John 15, 4, Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. The word abide means live, remain, stay. Just live out your connection with me. You're not causing it. You're dancing with it. You're thankful for it. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. There's nothing more deceptive in the Christian life than you to live your whole life for God. He doesn't need you to live for Him. He needs you to live from Him. I don't know any branches that are laid on the ground next to the tree letting the, the vine know that they're living really hard for the vine. Most believers in America, quote, Christians in America, they're living for God. Why would he put his own divine nature, his life on the inside of you, 
to be a spectator. He wants to life you. His spirit wants to animate you. Verse 5, I'm the vine, Jesus said. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me, I in him. Look at this. Bears much fruit. It's unavoidable. For without me, you can do nothing. The command here is not go bear fruit. The command is abide. If you'll simply abide in him, live out the reality of your connection with him, we'll see the evidence of it. <clears throat> we'll see the evidence of it. Oh, Amen. Well, I got many more scriptures. Help me, Holy Ghost. John 8, 31, Jesus said, <clears throat> If you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. Right? Disciples abide, ways, works. I showed you that. So we're disciples because we live in him. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. Jesus told Pilate, I'm here to bear witness of the truth. A realm. A dimension that allows you to access realities that may not be immediately present to you in the visible or the natural realm. So when you've got the Colosseum and all those Christians being killed and lit on fire, covered in oil, lit on fire, why are they singing hymns? What are they doing? They're accessing realities that are not immediately visible or present to them. They are in the Spirit. They're accessing life from God Himself. My goodness. How about this one? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, an Old Testament passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In a few of your... (laughs) A couple of times a day. No, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your paths. I love this. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Man, you don't know it all. Fear the Lord. Worship Him. Revere Him. Depart from evil. It'll be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So, again, you're made to live connected to the the Spirit of God. If you don't, you're a fish out of water. So that's why he says it's actually health to you and strength to you when you live out your connection with Christ. So in all your ways, acknowledge Him. It's interesting in John 15, I'll go back there, Jesus kind of gives us the definition of abiding. He says, without me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So what does that mean? It means if you're stuck in traffic and you want to cuss somebody out, you need to be abiding. (laughs) Don't do anything apart from Jesus. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Set a watch over my heart right now. Amen? If you need to have a crucial conversation with your spouse, you can feel the flesh being aroused, you need to include Jesus. In your conversation. Because apart from me, you're not going to bear the fruit you want to bear. Whatever it is, include him. So he kind of gives us a definition there. And then look at this. Galatians 5.25. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Okay? So you're alive by the Spirit, so let's walk by the Spirit. I put this in your uh, bulletin today. It's the power principle today. From a new covenant perspective, abiding is simply living in the reality of your already existing oneness with Christ. One of the great tragedies of Christendom is that we've, we've, we got connected to Christ, spirit to spirit, heart to heart, the day we got born again. And then we go out here and live on our own, independent of Him, you know, trying hard. For Jesus, the Avis approach. We try harder. Well, that didn't work. I'll try harder. (laughs) A great tragedy of Christendom is we live our whole lives trying to get God to love us when He already does. Faith says, 
I am loved. God proved his love for us in, yet, in that while we were still yet sinners. Christ, he's already proven he loves you. I don't want you to get to heaven, meet Jesus and be shocked what he's like. I want you to know what he's like here. Amen? By his spirit and by his word. So he's going to help us bear witness as he did of the real reality and the parent reality. Uh, let's go back now again to John 15. I think this is important. I mentioned that if you'll simply abide, the command here is not go bear fruit, go, super, go try super hard. Just abide, live the reality of your oneness with him. You're one with him. First Corinthians 6, 17 says, whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with Christ. You're one spirit. One third of you is heaven ready, people. Amen. One third of you. The, your spirit, man, is ready to go. It's already connected with Christ. So um, the command is not to bear fruit, but simply to abide. You're receiving. Everybody say Receiving will bear fruit. So the Greek word for fruit is karpos, K-A-R-P-O-S, 2590 in the Strongs. Listen to what it says. Fruit is everything done in true partnership with Jesus Christ. It is the Lord living His life through our yielded life to produce what is eternal. That's fruit in John 15. That's karpos. It's uh, two life streams coming together to produce what's eternal. So his life, he's doing the supplying because he's the vine. What do good branches do? Receive. He's supplying. We're receiving. His life stream, our life stream together will bear fruit. Galatians 5.22, fruit of the Spirit will manifest in behavior, not just attitude. Where's my brother Josh Kirkus? There he is over here. Now, brother Josh Kirkus, he loves to reach out uh, to the poor, to the broken, to the needy. I can tell, I can see the fruit of the life of Christ at work in Josh when he's doing those things. When we're connected to Christ in partnership with him, not only will I see good works, but I'll see a great heart. I'll see a humble attitude in doing it. It's the difference between two people helping an older lady across the street. Now, all we're looking at is two people, right? Both are helping the lady across the street. But what is their motive? Who is their source? One is doing it so God will love him more. One is doing it so he can feel self-righteous and accepted by God. The other is doing it out of genuine love for that woman. Because all he has need of, Christ is already supplied. He's not trying to get God to love him. He knows he's loved, so he's sharing it. That's the problem with the Pharisees. Because they were earning everything, they had nothing to give. They couldn't even worship God because worship is so rooted in gratitude. If you're earning everything, no wonder it's hard for you to worship. When do you ever arrive as good enough? If you accept Christ, that you are loved, you're healed, you're one with Him, everything that comes out of your heart, is gratitude everything there's no earning there's only sharing let me help you because i have all that i have need of the lord is my shepherd and i don't lack so let me help you so we see not just the fruit of behavior but in the attitude the demeanor i see it on josh's countenance when he's helping people now god doesn't need a better you God's not trying to fix the old you. 
He killed the old you. <laughs> Lovingly. The old you died when Jesus died. So you're either stuck in Adam and the Adams family, or you're born again. And you're a new creation in Christ. And He's written His law in your heart and mind now. What's the whole of the law? Love God, love your neighbor. Romans 5, 5. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You got born again by the Holy Spirit. That's what he was telling Nicodemus. So he doesn't need a better you. He needs a more dependent you. He needs a receptive you. He needs you relying on him. Because apart from him, you can do nothing. You can't be like God apart from God. Religion is all of our efforts toward God based on what we think, feel, and believe about Him. But it's still independent. It's us doing religious things for Him, moving towards Him. Authentic Christianity is relationship with the living God through Jesus Christ, that you're already one with Him. Everything you're doing with Him is in partnership with Him. Amen. So... He needs you receptive. He needs you relying on His voice, relying on His truth, relying on the Spirit, relying on His Word, and relying on His life inside of you. So look at this. According to Scripture, you're alive with the very life of God and His Son. His life is at work in you. Everybody say, I'm alive in Christ. Very important because you're not alive apart from Him. You're a dead man walking. Romans 8 and 9, but you are not in the flesh, you are in the Spirit. Look at this. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells inside you. Now, if anyone does not possess the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. He doesn't belong to Christ. So what's the seal of ownership Jesus talked about in John chapter 6? And then Paul wrote about in Ephesians chapter 1. The seal of ownership as God's own possession, the Father has set His seal upon the Son, John chapter 6, is the Holy Spirit. Proof of your being possessed and owned by the living God is the Spirit living in you. God Himself is Spirit. Amen, somebody. You can memorize the whole of Scripture. The Pharisees knew the Bible well, their version of Scripture. They knew it very well, but they had no life inside them. They did not belong to God because they were not indwelt by the Spirit of God. You can memorize the whole Bible and be mean as a snake. Do you possess the Spirit of Christ? Are you born again? That's what we're talking about. Verse 10, and if Christ is inside you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is what? Is life. The Spirit is life. That is zoe in the Greek. Z-O-E. It's the very divine life of God. The nature of God. I'll show it to you in a second. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. Christ is your righteousness. He is in you. Therefore, divine life is in you. You were made right by Him. God wouldn't be living in you if you weren't made right. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also, everybody say it with me, give life. He'll give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who's in you. So not only when you got born again, do you possess now Zoe life, the life that God has, but now there's a verb where that spirit, that life, that vine gives life to your mortal body. He animates you. 
He directs you. He's that big smile on your face. He's that joy in the midst of sorrow. He, he's the life in the midst of death all around you. That Zoe life gives life. What does this have to do with abiding, Steve? I'm asking you to live connected to the divine life of Christ that's on the inside of you. That's abiding. And as you do, as you live the reality of your connection, he infuses you with more and more life. He's like those old uh, Reebok pump, pump up your sneakers. Some of you got to start pumping up the sneakers, man. Don't be just plain old sneakers. See, the pump is the life. You got born again. You got the life, but access the life. Live connected to him. Live in the reality of your oneness with the life of Jesus Christ. I mean, he paid a high price to put his life inside you. Amen. We're just getting started. <laughs> Look at this one. John six sixty three. Jesus said, it is the spirit who gives life. That's the verb. The spirit gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, though, are spirit and they are Zoe, the noun. Zoe, the noun. Second Corinthians 3, 6. He has made us. We've been approved, sufficient, as ministers of the what? The new covenant. <laughs> Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Let me show it to you. Zoe. This is the noun. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you might have life. He didn't come to make bad people good, worldly people into church members. He came to make dead people alive again. Possessors of the very divine life of God himself. Zoe is the Greek word for life used multiple times in the New Testament. It means God's self-existent life. God can project life. We are derivative beings. We have to derive from another to have life. We're branches. He is self-existent. He is life. He's not deriving it from anybody. So there's this, this, this God kind of life that is self-sustaining. And He put that life in you. So you know what that means? That means when somebody treats you bad, you don't have to repay evil for evil. You don't have to create a debt in your mind that says, Well, Kyle, I'll remember that, buddy. I'll remember that. Payback is coming. That's a debt mentality. Whatever you're trying to get from Kyle, you ought to be getting from Jesus. You've got a river of living water on the inside of you. John 4 and then John 7. John 4, 14. John 7, 37 through 39. Whoever believes on me, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. And he told the woman at the well in John 4 that whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again because I'll put a well of life on the inside of them. Guess what the word life is? Zoe. You're not dead. You're not trying hard. You've been infused with the life, the divine nature of God himself. If we ever get a hold of this and start living it, He will animate us. We will look better than we did the day before. 
We'll look better than we really are when we're putting on the life of Christ himself. Amen, somebody? Can I read on? It's God's self-existent life. The rich, abundant, divine life and nature of God Himself. Zoe is the fullness of His love, joy, power, and ability. He doesn't need your ability. He has ability. He needs your availability. And then here's the verb. Zoapeo. To make what is dead alive. To quicken. To cause to live. To animate. To empower with God's divine life. It's God's life infused into the believer. Christ is the life. You're the branch. He's the vine. You're the branch. He infuses you with His life. Amen, amen, amen. It's time to pump up your Reeboks, people. So let's go back now. So Romans 8, verse 10 the Spirit is life, that's Zoe because of righteousness. Verse 11, though, He who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. And then I mentioned in John 6, 63, the Spirit gives Zoe, um, gives life, sorry, that's the, the verb, Zoapeo, and then my words are Spirit and they are Zoe. And then 2 Corinthians 3, 6, ministers of the new covenant, um, the law of the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Zoapeo, okay? How about this one? 1 Corinthians fifteen forty-five, And so it's written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. Literally means he, he was a living soul. Uh, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Who's the last Adam? Jesus Christ. What did he come here to do? Start a religion? Church membership? He came to give life. And so abiding is you living in the reality of your new life. Deriving. Everybody say deriving. Deriving life from the proper source. Have we not all tried to derive life from the world? Even human relationships, football, money, career, all that. You put that in the saddle of your life, it'll ride you to your ruin. It's like a fish trying to think the beach is its source. You, you cannot change this about yourself. This is a law written into your being, your members, because you originated. It's the law of origin. It's the law of creation. Whatever dimension a created thing comes out of, it must abide in to have life. So in Genesis, God said, uh, when he wanted plants, he spoke to the soil to bring forth plants. That's why plants to this day have to abide in soil or they die. He spoke to the seas to bring forth fish. But when he wanted you, he spoke to himself. Let us make man in our image. God is what? Are you catching it? Are you getting it? When he wanted fish, he spoke to the water. When he wanted plants, he spoke to the earth, the soil. When he wanted you, he spoke to himself. Let us make man in our image. In our likeness. He fashioned his likes upon you. So you can try to fill your God-shaped uh, soul hole with any, anything else. But it will ride you to, it, to your ruin. God has cornered the market on human fulfillment. America proves it every day. Because we try to be fulfilled by all these other things. You're too great a creation to be satisfied by anything but the Spirit of God. Only He can satisfy you. So God wants you to quit living outside in. And now begin to live from the inside out. 
divine life towards your situations and circumstances. So when I was 20 years old, going to Northeastern State University in Tahlequah, I had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. He came into my room. I didn't see him physically, but the Spirit of Christ was in my room. And that day I had an encounter with Jesus. I began a love relationship with a life. Not a formula, not a doctrine, not a principle, and not a method. That day I married Jesus Christ. And guess who else I got married to? You. Like me or not, I was supernaturally placed into you and you into me. Is that the truth? When Jesus looks in this room, does he see multiple Christs or does he see one? One Christ, one body. So I was joined to you the day I was joined to Jesus. The key wasn't 10 steps to improving the old me. He didn't show up and say, let me tell you, Steve, the old you, he's got some serious problems. But we're going to go to work on that. Yeah, we're going to fix your old man. That's not what he said. It's not 10 steps to improving the old me. It's not formulas. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a deep discovery of the new life of God himself that's within the believer. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12 Turn there with me because I don't have it on the screen. I forgot to put it up there. First John 5, 11 and 12. How are we doing on time? Good? <laughs> All the time in the world. First John 5, 11. This is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. Guess what the word life is? Zoe. And this life, Zoe, is in his son. He who has the Son has Zoe life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Nothing to do with church membership or being a good person. You either have life in Christ or you don't. Make sense? So God gave you the life, Zoe, by putting His Son who possesses the life in you. Zoe life we receive isn't some package or commodity. That he gives you apart from himself. Zoe is him. He is Zoe life. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and I am Zoe. Oh, I feel, I feel this. Hair standing up on the back of my neck. (laughs) We have an inner witness of truth. And this bears witness in my spirit that, that what I'm saying is true. He is Zoe. Jesus didn't give you something apart from himself. Zoe is not separate from him. It is him. Therefore, Zoe life is not a duration of life spent off in heaven somewhere. Zoe is a type of life. A divine type specific type of life. A life that the Father so wants seen so once put on display, so once evident to everybody on planet earth, he put that life in you at the new birth. He's not waiting till heaven to give you something. This is a life he so once seen and manifested, he gave it to you at the new birth. He's not waiting till heaven. Oh, that's when I get eternal life. No, if it's eternal, it's present right now. And it's present in the person of Christ who died for all your sins so that he could, by the Spirit, come and take up residence on the inside of you and give you life. John chapter 1, verse 4. 
in him, right? In the beginning was the word. Who's he talking about? He says he Christ in the beginning, beginning was the word Christ in him. Verse four in him was life. Zoe and the life was the what? Who knows it? The light. The life is the light of men. That's what I mean. If you'll live connected to Him, we'll see the fruit of it. And it won't just be some good works. (laughs) There'll be a life on the inside of you. A joy in serving. A joy in helping people. The life was the light of men. Almost seems like we were made for that life, doesn't it? John 10.10, thief comes, steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life. More than people, I mentioned this earlier, need to just hear the truth from us. They need to see the evidence of life growing on the inside of us. Like I mentioned, the pregnant woman. Yes, woman, pregnant woman. (laughs) Not going there. Jesus is the pattern son and told Pilate he was here to give evidence, to bear witness of this life of truth, of spirit, of life, that, that God would manifest his spirit in the uh, seen realm. In other words, that <clears throat> this life would cause evidence of the unseen God to be seen in this realm. The unseen God put his unseen life in the unseen part of you, a seen creature who's on the scene for him so the unseen god took his unseen spirit put it in the unseen part of you a seen creation that's on the scene for him the life is in you so we could bear witness to it there's nothing more frustrating than to have and possess divine life and then go live the christian life on your own trying hard for jesus His life is in you to be made manifest. Touch your neighbor and say, but wait, there's more. (laughs) We are sharers in the richest of all treasures. Listen to me. We share in the richest of all treasures. Jesus called it true riches. What is it? The divine nature and life of God. We're partakers of a divine nature. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. You've been given all things that pertain to Zoe and godliness. And through these great, precious, exceedingly great promises, we are partakers of His divine nature. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. My goodness. Religion is our human responses and efforts towards God and others based on what we think, feel, and believe about God. Relationship is living from Christ's divine life within. Christianity is not the imitation of Christ, but rather the indwelling of Christ's life inside us. We are not trying to improve the old us. We are new. We are alive. We are not who we used to be. We are in Christ and He is in us. Abiding is simply staying connected to this reality. You want to walk in spirit and in truth? Abide. Stop trying to improve the old you. Know that you're new. Know that you're alive. That you're not who you used to be. You're in Christ. If any man be where? In Christ. He's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. 
John 6, 57. Look at this. As the living Father, Jesus said, sent me and I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. I will animate you. I won't just save you one time. Devil doesn't care if you got saved and then you can't wait for your ticket to heaven and then he governs your whole life on this planet. He doesn't care. He wants to rule this planet. He's got no shot to rule heaven. He'll give you the sweet by and by. He never wants you to know that you've been infused with life. That the life and nature of God is in you from the unseen realm to the seen creation. So that God can now be seen in this realm. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That He would govern the seen realm from the unseen realm by putting His unseen spirit inside you. You're perfectly made for this. You can access heaven, the spirit, and you can touch the earth. Perfectly designed. So Jesus calls God the Father right here the living Zeo. If you're writing down the Greek words, Z-A-O on this one. He calls the Father the living Zeo, indicating that Zoe life originates from God our Father. The, the Father is the one who has the life in Himself. He, he's self-existent life. He's the one. Even Jesus, when He put on the earth suit, did nothing apart from His Father. Remember? He didn't do anything He didn't see the Father do, say anything the Father didn't say. He was deriving. Why is He doing that? He's the model for you, for me. He's living as a branch, so to speak, deriving from the Father so you would see Jesus and say, hey, you're the way I'm designed to live. You're the truth about me. This is the life that's to be expressed in and through me, through my deriving. Grace through faith, grace through faith, grace through faith. Grace is God's power and ability. Faith is your receptivity. Faith is you receiving. Isn't that how you got saved? We're saved by grace, God's ability. Only He can save, only He can regenerate. He's the Zeo Father. He's the one who possesses the life. Only He can do it. How did He do it? Through faith. Receiving. It is an action. So He says, the Father is the living Zeo. That Zoe life originates from God the Father. He has this life in Himself. So the Father has the life in Himself. What do you think He did with it? You think He hoarded it? He's like, well, I'm the only self-existent being around here. So I think I'll keep this to myself. Everybody shout, no. John 5, 26, Jesus said, for as the Father has life in himself, he's granted the Son to have the life in himself. And then that same Son, what do you think he did? You think he hoarded it? In John 10, 10, he said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly the life of christ on the inside of you the life from zeo the father who's the originator and possessor of life gives it to the son and then the son comes inside of you to live again he didn't give it to you separate from him it is him the zoe life is christ That's why Paul writes, I mean, I don't know, maybe a hundred times in Scripture, in Him, in Christ, to those who are in Christ, to those who are in Him. You're in Him. He's in you. We're one with Him. That's how we got to possess and access Zoe life. So when you abide every day, you're just living in the reality of your connection. You're deriving. You're receiving. We call it walking by faith. Faith means I can't do this on my own. I got to start working out. Faith... (laughs) Faith is not me doing religious things. That's what I thought it was in the 90s. I thought I was supposed to do religious things and cause God to give me stuff. Faith is my receiving. I'm living from faith to faith. I'm living from deriving to deriving. I'm living from receiving to receiving. Why? That's what branches do. 
I am not the originator and possessor of life, but the one who is gave it to his son and his son came to live inside of me and be my source. Go ahead and give him praise while I take a breath. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love him so much. Isn't it amazing what he's done? It's amazing. We should be the happiest people on planet earth. And instead we, every day we try to derive life from garbage. The world has no life in it. The natural, the natural world has no life for you. You didn't come from there. You came from spirit. That's why I don't like religion because religion is really deceptive. It's really crafty. It's like we're doing all these natural things in our ability for God, thinking we're being spiritual when we ought to be deriving. For the Father, look at that passage. He has Zoe in Himself. And He granted to me, the Son of God, Jesus talking here, to have Zoe in me. And I'm going to give it to you. 1 John 5, 12. Whoever has the Son has the life. Whoever has not the Son has not the life. You have nothing apart from Christ. And you ought to celebrate that. He is your life. He's your love. I mean, it's the I am principle. You need love. I am the love you need, He says. You need forgiveness. I'm the forgiveness you need. You need joy in a difficult world, difficult war situation. I am the joy and the peace you need to overcome what's going on in the natural realm. The father imparted life to his son. Paul called him the firstborn among many brethren. What does that mean? There's other spirit-born sons coming. The father wanted life for all of his sons. He wanted to colonize the earth with his sons and daughters and reveal his life. Reveal the divine life of God. Look at Isaiah 55, verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. The heavens are higher than the earth. My, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts and your thoughts. For as the rain comes down out of heaven and the snow from heaven and don't return there, but water the earth. Look at this. Make it bring forth fruit that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my... Who's the Word of God in the New Testament? Jesus Christ. So shall my Word that goes forth from my mouth. Jesus is the expression. What's what's a word? It's expression of a thought. It's His ideas about you, His thoughts about you. He put them right in front of you. He, He put the Word flesh in human form. Why not a book? Why not a text message? Why not a phone call? You're none of those. You're a person. So he put his thoughts about you in human form. Into Christ himself who started walking around right in front of us. So shall my word be that goes forth from my thought. Here's my expression, my idea about you. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. It will prosper in the thing which I send it. You know what that means? You're not going to be God's first failure. Yay for you. Way to go. What's your role in this? Participate. Yeah. Surrender to the life of God that's in you. Do you know that God's confidence and hope for this planet is in the very seed that's in you? It's it's in the life of Christ in you. He's not banking on all of us. He's banking on himself. (laughs) Why am I exhorting you passionately? Because you need to participate with the life he's given you. The seed, the word of God. 1 Peter 1.23 You've been born again with an incorruptible seed. God's confidence is in his life. I don't need to beat Mary Bell over the head and make her follow rules and do all the right stuff. The life of Christ is in her. I need to remind her who she is and to listen to Him. 
God's banking on the seed. Touch your neighbor and say, God's banking on the seed in you. Yeah. He trusts his life, his son at work in you to encourage you, guide you, remind you, influence you. I'll give you the Holy Spirit and he'll guide you into all truth. I'll give you the Holy Spirit and he'll bring to your remembrance everything I've told you. He trusts the life that's at work in you. It's his agapeo love. Agape is the noun. Agapeo is the verb. What is agapeo love? It's love at work. It's a verb in you by God himself causing you to choose his choices, prefer his preferences. He won't make you do it. He won't choose for you. But he influences you. I said last week, remember, we became slaves of righteousness. When we got born again. So that's why as a born again Christian. If you do a big piece of stupid. You don't get away with it. The Lord's saying hey. That's not who you are. I had a teenager come in one time to my office. He was so devastated. Because he had spent the weekend uh, with his girlfriend. They did things that he knew were wrong. He was devastated. He came to see me. He's like I know my relationship with God is over. I know it's all over. I failed him miserably. I said, the mere fact you're this devastated by what you did is proof that he's working you. You're a slave of righteousness. Get up. Go and sin no more. You know it was wrong. Repent of it. Own up to it. Acknowledge it. It's not like he's getting new information. He saw it. Just agree with him. That was wrong. Though a righteous man falls seven times, seven times he rises again. So, so this is agapeo love. This is the life of Christ he's banking on. Last one. Uh, Scott, Matt, you guys can come. John 6, 32. Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Remember Isaiah 55? It came, the rain came from where? Heaven to the earth. Verse 33. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives... Live to the world, Zoe! Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Smart, smart people. Verse 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of Zoe. He who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. Woman at the well, same thing. I'm going to give you the power of this self-existent life where you're no longer dependent and trying to derive from all the crud that's going on around you. I'm going to source you. I'm going to life you. I'm going to make you more than a conqueror. Give you victory over the natural world. Amen. In other words, you can live from the fullness of life that's in you now. Eating the Word takes on a whole new meaning. He's the bread of life. Christ is the life that comes out of this book. Please don't read it apart from Him. He is the life coming out of this book. One last thing. My ask for today. <laughs> if you're not confident in hearing the Lord's voice in Scripture, read John six fifty seven, and ask yourself, what does this Scripture reveal about God and His nature? What do I see? What do I hear in this passage? If you do know his voice, read John 6:57 and ask the Lord what he wants to share with you. And then I encourage you to write that down. Write it down. Number three, if you know how to eat the word, eat John 6:57 this week. Share your letter with someone. The letter is just when we sit with him and ask him to speak to our heart. I know what the scripture says, Lord, but what are you saying? Fair enough. Stand with me. If you're new, I pray I didn't frighten you with my zeal, but I tell you, 
I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful I'm not who I used to be. I'm a brand new person. I've given up trying to fix the old Steve. (laughs) I simply need to acknowledge that he's already passed. And now I've got new life, new mind. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning, you've never been lifed by Jesus Christ. You've never been born of the Spirit, which is what he told Nicodemus. And you'd say, Brother Steve, my heart is pierced today. I want to know him inside. I want to know him by the Spirit. Just raise your hand and say, pray for me. Anyone? I want to know Christ. Anyone? Thank you, Lord. If you're here this morning, you'd say, Brother Steve, would you pray for me this week? Would you pray that I would engage with the new life, Zoe life that's in me? And then continue to receive so that the Zoopeo life would be derived from life himself. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, would you pray for me this week? I want to engage with Christ's life. Amen. Father, all over this room, in Jesus' name, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we purpose to engage with Christ's life. Holy Spirit, remind us. Remind us of what we heard today. Remind us and renew us each and every day to your voice and that there's no life in the world. We're here to derive life from you, our source. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing this together. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.